Oh, man. Three days away. We're getting close. I feel like that's the right number, three days. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm counting on my hands like Patrick Mahomes every time that he uh, gets doubted by teams or other professionals out there. <laughs> this is the Run It Back show on 610 Sports Radio. My voice that you're hearing is Dusty Likens. And my guy, true friend, owe a lot of debt to. Right. For other reasons, Pete Sweeney. Off-air reasons, if you will. I guess it's off-air reasons. Good morning, Dusty. Good day to be a Kansas City, and we're what? You're right, three, four days away from Chiefs and Browns, 2.05 p.m. Oh, yeah. Arrowhead Stadium mm. on Sunday. Have you thought about what you're doing for the uh, for the meal yet? Or does that register about 1 o'clock on Saturday? 2.05 is a weird time. I like it. On a typical Sunday, you're either at noon, you're at 3. This is smack in the middle of that, so changes the meal plan. This screams pizza and wings. Right. Like, right. that seems like the obvious safe bet. That's where we're at with uh, with a 205 start because you can just order it at noon, leave it out, mm-hmm. and then when it's, you know, end of the first drive and the Chiefs score on a, you know, methodical 12-play, six-and-a-half-minute, throw the touchdown and a spike by number 87, you go pick up that wing and you say, might be cold. Might be pretty good. Maybe pop it in the micro. No, you want to avoid the maybe, microwaves. Maybe, maybe nuke it. Right. I could definitely see where this weekend on both days you order food, you leave it out, and then you get hungry again a little bit later after mm-hmm. maybe you've fallen asleep on the couch if you're not doing a, a safe COVID style quarantine watch party type deal where you're 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 by yourself and yeah. you wake up and you go, I mean, you know what, I think this pizza's still good. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I think that uh I don't know, it's weird. I'll be uh I'll be in a different city for this Chiefs game on Sunday, but I'll be uh I thought about just pounding rosé. Where are you going, Honolulu? Nah, no, going to uh, Herman, Missouri. Herman. With the lady. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be special for you guys. Yeah, the Chiefs win, I'm going to propose. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, you I'm should. Just, no, man. Why not? Yeah, it's on record now. I can't say this. This is kind of a funny story. She'll get mad if I, if I say too much on air. But uh, And then we'll get right into it. I promise, Kansas City. I, I swear <laughs> we're not going to talk about my love life. Uh she was talking to, we're going with a friend or her cousin and uh, her husband and they're from St. Louis, not really big Chiefs fans. Mm. And I was like, Hey, you know, the game's at two Oh five on Sunday. Kind of got to watch it. And she's a huge Chiefs fan. She was at the Texans games last year and mm-hmm. the Titans game went to both of them. Um, and she goes, Oh yeah. I already told her like, you know, the Chiefs play at two Oh five. I just want to let you know that we're going to plan on watching that and well prepared, have some yeah. day cocktails. I said, Oh, what did she say? She goes, oh, they're going to leave. It's just going to be you and I. And I was like, I got to go to Shane Co. or something now. Like, that's just, like, that's the question. But Herman, uh, Missouri does have a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Okay, Pete. There we well, go. you know, something that had a nice ring to it was Andy Reid on uh, probably the most popular question yesterday after the uh, practice for the Chiefs, which was the first official practice of the playoff week. And Andy Reid had this to say about one person who wears number 25. I had a chance to see him in a couple of the rehab procedures uh as of late and he um you know he just he gets after it and you know a lot of it is the way you approach it and the trust you have and the trainers and so on i mean we've all had injuries i mean you guys have had injuries too so you know that <clears throat> you think you're going to break something by pushing it but normally the the, you, the trainers have a pretty good feel on what you can do and can't do so and you and you kind of surprise yourself and but I'll tell you, this kid, he just kind of went right at it. I mean, he, he was fearless with it. And 
as a result, I'd tell you he's probably, uh, you know, a little bit ahead and we just got to evaluate him and we're not going to do anything to jeopardize him or his career. I mean, that's not what we're doing. We're just, uh, uh, we've taken it um, uh, day by day with him and we'll keep doing that and just see how, see how he does here. So we still get the cliche day by day uh, conversation. Um, <laughs> you don't like that? Yeah. Uh, no, it's, you know, it is what it is, but I think this was the question that everybody had on their minds when it came to this game this week was I think the two biggest ones were does Clyde play and does does Watkins play? And we'll get to Sammy Watkins in a little bit because you were there yesterday. Yesterday was your, you know, on the clock rock all the way around right. Kansas City all day yesterday. And we'll, I'm going to let you have the floor here in a second. But this screams something different with, with this type of player and Clyde Edwards-Elair because – you and I both watched that game against the Saints. We right. watched how he went off the field, and everybody's first immediate reaction was, "Ah, oh, crap! That's an ACL, or that's a you know that's a that's a some mm-hmm. sort of ligament strain because he's not walking. He's using he needing help to walk." And then Monday, we're both talking about how everyone had said that Clyde Edwards-Helaire was was ahead of schedule, and the trainers um, on this staff, you know, were saying that he had done something, you know better than he had his head of schedule was looking better. Right. And then Reed gives those comments. And I know Andy Reed's a fan of this show as he drives into Arrowhead today and gets ready for the game. Course, and he's listened yeah. to you and I, and it's gotta be weird for him to hear his own voice, but he gives you everything <laughs> that you want to hear. That's reassuring about your RB one. Like I get it. Le'Veon Bell's on this team. Daryl, the barrel has been really good. And now you get this type of confidence boost in Clyde Edwards, Elair and you know, the floor is yours, Pete. It's got to look promising for number 25. I think it's been impressive given week 15 was on December 20th. High ankle sprain is one of the worst injuries that you can come back from, really. They, they, of course, there are worse injuries, but you can actually come back from high ankle sprain. You never know what the timetable is going to be. And so it was a good sign a couple weeks back when we got the running backs coach, Dylan McCullough, and, and he said he was ahead of schedule. And then for Andy Reid, I think, to go out of his way to compliment Clyde and to say as much as he did, I I think if it's a case where Clyde doesn't have a good chance of playing, he's he's not saying all those things. And you get the official report yesterday, and he was limited at practice. I think they're going to ramp him up. I think he's going to be ready to play this weekend. And you're right. It's such an important addition because they were missing Clyde those last couple weeks, and you could tell. And they need their their top back. I think you need all your weapons, especially when you look at the rest of the injury report and you have Sammy Watkins, who's your most important receiver when you talk about the bulk of the playoffs last year, and he did not yeah. practice on Wednesday. Is that a concern? I mean, I, I listened to the, the Arrowhead Pride uh, radio show. You can listen to it every Wednesday night uh, during the football season from 6 to 7 with Pete Sweeney, Jay Binkley, and then, of course, their – their weekly guests, and I thought it was interesting what, what Ken Swanson had to say where it's almost to a point where you'd rather have Sammy Watkins where, and I don't want to, I'm not putting words into into Kent Levy on uh, Swanson's mouth, but <laughs> I told you I listened, or go. LeVon. Um, it's, not, it's not saying that they don't necessarily need him this week because I think they do because I think it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of devastating because I feel like Cleveland's going to sit back, play a lot of zone. They're going to try to take Tyreek and uh, Travis Kelsey out of the out of the mix, like everybody tries to do, right. which then leaves somebody one on one, which is Sammy Watkins. You saw Sammy Watkins last year; how he was the leading receiver for this team during the playoff run. Something you said last night. Should we be concerned about Sammy Watkins in the calf strain right now? Because you think that he would be ready to go. 
uh, missing a couple weeks of the bye and not playing in week 17. And now here we are, you know, where it really gets important. And Sammy Watkins didn't practice yesterday. Right. I, I, I think if you go into this weekend and know that Sammy's not going to be able to go, you start to question, okay, do I have my faith in the other, what would be the number three guys? Is McCole Hardman ready to take that step? Is it D-Rob, who the team no. has continued to trust? Is it Byron Pringle? And that would be my call, but again, I don't make these decisions. But every time you Pringle's should. number is called, he rises to the occasion. Every target he gets, he seems to catch. He had the long touchdown against the Broncos on the kick return this year. I would love to see Pringle. He's a local guy, K-State, get some more opportunity in the case that Sammy Watkins can't go. And I think that's that's big with Watkins, too, because I don't see him coming back here next year. I don't think it's going to work out like it did this year. I don't think both sides are going to come to that agreement. I think the Chiefs are going to be ready to move on. I think Watkins, to an extent, might be ready to move on. We had that article in the offseason. So this could be his real last crack at being a Chief and, and trying to repeat with them. And you would like to see him healthy for what would be all three games. But I, I have my doubts here. I, I feel obviously worse about Watkins than I do Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I have no problem with it, to be honest with you, because if you don't have confidence, uh, then you, you're not going to have success. And those guys have been doing it together for a few years now. They have a ton of confidence in each other. Uh, and so, I mean, it's just people get mad when you put it out there as, you know, you're quote unquote bulletin board material. But, um, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. It comes with the nature of this game that you got to be confident. You got to know uh, and believe in yourself. So I'm confused. <laughs> Because I looked at this originally as Baker Mayfield just kind of blowing it over the port, uh, just kind of blowing it off. We we bring this up because this is in reference to what we talked about yesterday, as Sammy Watkins had that tweet, and then it gets an article written about it in, uh, you know, the Cleveland paper, the Cleveland websites, and the Cleveland beat writer, and all mm. of a sudden it's like, is Cleveland trying to make these fake, <laughs> false narratives and this? And this un, you know, unwanted type of rivalry with Sammy Watkins, right. where they think that maybe he was saying that, you know, he was talking a lot of garbage. And then Baker Mayfield kind of does what Baker Mayfield does, and he he kind of, if you read between the tea leaves, it seems like Baker's like, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but if he wants to say that and wants to create that kind of stuff, that's fine. But it's again. What they do over there, they have their team, they are successful, and I'm not going to look at it as, you know, something serious, but it's like, it's almost like a backhanded comment if you if you think yeah. about that when someone's like, oh, I think you're really good at what you do, but there's things you could do better. And that's the way I look at it, and it's like, Cleveland is just going to continue to keep pushing this, and it's, that's how I see it, is that Baker's trying to rub it off as like, oh, I think it's fine, like, they didn't do anything wrong, I think they're doing whatever they did, well, you know, whatever, and then now it's like, but again, it's, you know, it is what it is. Cleveland is what the Kansas City Chiefs were building in, in 2013. They're becoming relevant again. And it's a very, very exciting time. Last week, they had this major storyline where Juju right. Smith-Schuster said the Browns is the Browns. And to reiterate what happened, Sammy Watkins on Sunday Night Football is just watching this game like we were. He's freaking out on Twitter. He can't believe it. A fan writes back something to the extent of, well, look, Sammy, now we got some competition next week. And all Sammy Watkins says is, I wouldn't go that far. Right. And so what does the Cleveland.com and the Cleveland reporting do? They go in and they say, all right, here we go. We got another one. 
And to Baker's credit, I thought he handled it well. He's like, this isn't a big deal. They did make a big deal out of Juju's because it was deserving. He looked into the camera and said, I'm glad we're playing the Browns. The Browns is the Browns. This wasn't that. This was Sammy Watkins responding to a fan on Twitter. Cool that he interacts with some fans. And I didn't see it as a big deal. And I'm glad that Baker was like, yeah, you know, that's okay. It's just confusing. <laughs> there are so many layers to the, I would say in this case, a little bit of forced, almost forced tried bulletin board material. It just doesn't make sense. Like, why do you want to give somebody, and it's just so great because we'll get into it a little bit later, but it's just, it's like, why? Like, I just don't understand, like, why you need that. Like, just worry about yourself. Like, you just won your first playoff game and God knows how many years. I think it's actually been like 25, 26 but it's just like enjoy it and and you see these guys do these things and this is why when i say guys play with house money and teams are in places where they don't normally see themselves at this is a situation like that like you're not seeing the chiefs be like oh well cleveland seems really high on that win against pittsburgh like pittsburgh went 1 and 5 in the last 6 weeks of the season and they started the season 11-0, and the Chiefs just kind of seemed like, yeah, maybe Pittsburgh just wasn't good enough. I don't know. That's just the way I look at it. I get it. Cleveland's going to be fired up. They have all the things they want to talk about. But the thing that had me fired up yesterday, Pete, was just the fact that Travis Kelsey are on the same page or maybe in the same notebook. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. You ready for some snow on Friday? Is it snowing in Kansas City? It might. I'm big when I see the first snowflake. I like to go get a little hot hot cocoa. Are you an over-the-top marshmallow guy in your cocoa? Like a seven-year-old? I'm not a huge fan of marshmallows in the cocoa. I'm I, just not I, a fan of marshmallows in general. You know how people will go to a fast food restaurant and they'll say, light on the ice or like you only put a little ice in because you get more soda? It's I feel most- like you're jipping yourself out of additional cocoa with the mellows winter weather advisory friday 6 a.m to 6 p.m a dusting to two inches of snow that's how you know you live in missouri see you at hi-hat yeah if you're familiar with hi-hat that's that's where i'll be nice 39 for the game sunday Mm. i guess we can get to a weather report on friday when it gets a little bit more interesting kansas city welcome to our show this is the run it back show on 610 sports radio just almost 20 after five on a thursday morning we're getting there pete we're getting close to Sunday's it, it game feels, at 205. It feels close. I love when there's a big game in the city because you could start to feel the build. I, I'd, I'd say even in this weird COVID world we're still living in in 2021, you're starting to get that sense where the red flags are popping up. It, it feels like that's the only thing everybody wants to talk about. This is this is kind of what you live for in KC. Well, even the bars do. Now they're going to stay open until midnight now, starting today. It was right. official. They can stay open Just until Just in at case least the Chiefs were playing the primetime game. They, they had that cooking up. Right. And uh, now now it is officially at, at midnight, yeah. Well, speaking of things that are opening up, the playbook is opening up. I thought there was a pretty interesting question asked to Patrick Mahomes by somebody. I can't remember uh, who it was when it comes to studying these teams and who's been playing in the in the playoffs so far with Cleveland. This is what Travis Kelsey had to say uh, yesterday about what he and Patrick Mahomes have been doing uh, during the bye week. It's the small conversations of making sure that everybody is aware, making sure that everybody's on the same page. 
you can you can tell that you know he he's been doing his homework for the past week and a half just talking to him him understanding what what every single team that we could possibly face is doing defensively and then uh sure enough as soon as we found out on Sunday who we were playing you know he was he was right there I had a whole notebook ready for the the Cleveland Browns and I think right now we're just uh we're in the process of of, of figuring out the game plan and like I said what Pat does the best is communicate exactly what he's seeing and you know how he feels we need to attack the defense yeah I mean right when the the uh the bye week started and we knew who the seeds were for the uh uh the the seven six five four all those seeds that we could possibly play I, I took a day where I watched each team. Uh, about four or five games of each team. And so uh, just kind of get a general feel of, of what the defense is presenting, what, what offenses are doing to try to attack them uh, from different teams, different offenses. And so I had a day's worth of film on the Browns. So whenever we, we found that out, I was able to look back at that, look at my notes and try to see how it presents uh, to us. Maybe it's me, but I feel like his voice gets more intense during the playoffs. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is, but it just, that, that fire, tenacity, desire, it kind of gets a little bit more, uh, more intense Maybe for Patrick e- Mahomes. Extra rasp. So this is what's crazy to me. As we spend the last segment talking about how Baker blows off what what Sammy Watkins says and and, and, and you know Kareem Hunt has his things and we'll get into that in, in here in just a little bit but this is why Pete this team is, is as successful as they are. This is why they get coached the way they do during a bye week. They're not out having fun. They're not out you know, doing this or that. They're literally nerds watching football, calculating the odds and looking at, okay, we might play Tennessee. We might play Baltimore. Oh, it's 28 to zero against Pittsburgh in the first quarter. And there's three minutes left. We're probably going to play the Browns next week. Let's go ahead and just focus heavy on the Browns. This is something that gives you the advantage. And when these two guys, which to me, is the best duo in the AFC over Allen and and Diggs over everything else. Okay. I will put Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes as the best one, two duo in the AFC because of things like this and to not sound um, stupid. They're on the same page, whether it's life friendship or in general, the matchup they have this week. And this is why their connection is so special because they're both already on the same page in the notebook. And like Travis Kelsey says, here comes Pat. Stack of papers. Here's what we're going to do against Cleveland. Yeah, when when sports were ripped from the hearts of us last year, what we had for, I think it was out of the five weeks, they ended up doing two parts each Sunday, was the last dance. And I had remembered that Patrick Mahomes would tweet about it. He would be live on it. He ended up doing this, I think it was an Instagram live interview with Kirk Herbstreet at one point. They were talking about it. And you know, Mahomes was really inspired by some of the attitudes and and that meme that now goes around regularly where Michael Jordan essentially took things to offense. He, he, he took, took things personally. very personally. Yeah. Right. And this reminded me of just that energy. It wasn't exactly the same, of course, but when you have Mahomes and he's got nothing to do, he could, and a lot of us would, right? We would wait to figure out what we – are being tested on before we study. We're not going to spend time diving into the subject of something where we're not even going to have to take that test. But he didn't know. It could be the Titans. It could be the Ravens. It could be the Browns. It could be the Colts. And he took a day where he dove into the film and made notes on each team. So he had a full whole notebook 
as Kelsey described, on the Browns when they won. The Browns are one of, if you look at these teams going into the weekend, you would have said, oh, it's probably far-fetched we play the Browns. He had a whole notebook ready. And, I, and that's Michael Jordan energy to me. You know, talk about Michael Jordan and, and okay, he makes the flashy plays. But this is where the work is. The magic comes from the work. The arm angles come from the work. The studying. I, you have to love that if you're a Chiefs fan. It's just the killer instinct. It's it's when you add that to here's Kareem Hunt, here's the Chiefs, here's the Chiefs not blowing teams out. Maybe they're not as good as we thought. You put that into Sunday, sign me up for 54 to 0 Chiefs. Uh, we talked earlier about how Cleveland can create false narratives. This was Travis Kelsey, um, as we all know where he's from and where he grew up and where he played football in college. I got I got no um no hard feelings, man. I understand I understand what it means to be a Cleveland sports fan. Uh, and uh, to be a diehard at that. And, um, you know, I, th- I think uh, a lot of the close friends and family are going to be wearing their Chiefs gear, but uh, maybe throw an uh, orange shirt with a nice brown helmet on underneath or something like that, man. It's uh, it's definitely going to be mixed feelings for a lot of people that I know. But um, at the same time, I'm, I'm going in with, uh, with a mindset that Kansas City Chiefs got to win this game. So I'm going to be real honest with you, Pete. Okay. When Kareem Hunt says it's personal – that's not true. You don't think so? I know so. It's not personal with Kareem Hunt. It would be personal if they drafted Clyde Edwards-Elair in a year that Kareem Hunt was a contract player mm-hmm. and they weren't going to sign him and they let him go. Then it's personal. He lied to the franchise. He did something that was wrong and they let him go. That's what happened. Travis Kelsey, this is the definition of something that's personal. They played in the regular season already. And Travis Kelsey had that touchdown that where he celebrated and he flexed and he yelled and we played it earlier this year. That is personal. This is something that Travis Kelsey can take personal because this is Cleveland Brown versus Travis Kelsey. There is no doubt in my mind that Travis Kelsey grew up a fan of the Cleveland Browns. There's no doubt in my mind Travis Kelsey got a little teary-eyed when Mr. Rudd took his helmet off and no time left was on the clock, and one of the Chiefs players named John Tate ran the football all the way up the field, and then Morton Anderson, who was 57 years old, kicks a game-winning <laughs> field goal with no time on the clock, and the Chiefs win the first game of the year back in 2002 or 2003 and would go on to be successful that year. This is personal for Travis Kelsey. This is why we see the definition of personal, and then yet you still hear the Chiefs' response, how polished and how much Travis Kelsey has grown up, because Travis Kelsey, third-round pick out of Cincinnati, Everybody passed on Travis Kelsey, including the Cleveland Browns. And now Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in football. He's a Hall of Fame tight end. He's had five straight years of 1,000 yards. He had probably one of the best years ever for a tight end in the NFL. And now he gets to play against his hometown team in the playoffs at Arrowhead where his family, his friends, and probably girlfriend are all going to be wearing Chiefs gear. That's personal. Yeah, his ice cream sundae is built for the year led the tight ends in receiving yards, was only second to Stefan Diggs in the league. Certainly the best year of his career at the age of 31. He is now right on these national shows like Good Morning Football, and you have Peter Schrager saying, this is quite literally the greatest tight end we have ever seen in the history of the NFL. And so to me, what this game, this playoff effort is, is the whipped cream. It's the cherry on top. And it's perfect for Kelsey because he's playing his hometown Cleveland Browns. And you know what happened the last time 
Kelsey played the Cleveland Browns. He had that outstanding catch in the end zone. He had another touchdown, 99 yards on the day. And you look at the flip side of that, and I know it's for different reasons, but Hunt was playing against the Browns. He's from the Cleveland area. He had a tremendous game, 91 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, 50 yards through the air, a touchdown, three touchdowns. When the Chiefs beat the Browns back in 2018, 37-21, these two guys made up the five touchdowns the Chiefs scored. And I see similar efforts from both sides this weekend, except the difference, of course, is now Kareem Hunt is on the enemy side of the Chiefs. He's on the Cleveland Browns. But the idea that players don't get up for certain teams, yeah, I, I think they say that in the press conference. But this is going to be special to Travis Kelsey, and I think you see him dominate this football game regardless of the plan Cleveland has for him. The Chiefs is the Chiefs, I'll tell you that much. Um Something else that we need to remember is a pretty big play that really got this team fired up last year that I think was uh, most likely what put this team on the top. We do that when we come Mm. back with Remember When. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in on 610 Sports Radio, the yeah. Run It Back Playoff Show. Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens. Hey, by the way, Pete. Yes. I don't know if you know this or not, mm-hmm. but uh, our great friends uh, from Fesco in the Morning, in addition to their regulars today that they have on uh, Thursday morning, Therese Paler at 830. Yep. They're going to have uh, Cleveland Radio's play-by-play guy, Jim Donovan, at I like- 930. I do like hearing the other side of it. Mark's brother. You get a different perspective when it's somebody who's been there the entire year. So, I'm just interested to see if he creates a false narrative. Because <laughs> Cleveland's really good at that. Um, Nothing wrong with a little extra juice. and In their case last week, a little well, extra juice. That's good. Thank you. You're always good with those little uh, quips. Little they, they say, yeah, they call them quips. Yeah. I mean, I just... I think when it comes to Cleveland, there is something wrong with creating false narratives because if you piss off a sleeping giant like the Chiefs can be, mm-hmm. it could be really quick that they could be staring at the uh, what they were doing last week to Pittsburgh. You you're, remember that? You're right. You're right. The 28 nothing, getting out to that lead. Like the, we, we haven't seen the Chiefs do that in a while. I'm, they just I'm ready. The state warrior people. I think I'm ready for that dominant performance, and I think I speak for a lot of people. Want to talk about this. It is, of course, the Run It Back playoff show every weekday, 5 a.m. until the Chiefs are out or they win the Super Bowl. So we are with you for the long haul. Mm. And it's, of course, Run It Back, meaning they did it last year. And I think it started with this play. what you saw on the fake punt it looked like you were shading him uh, as he moved along the line too um that's my job that's my responsibility so uh you know when when i saw him take that snap outside you know i just closed in made a tackle when he, were you thinking fake all along or what, what did you have some something snipped out i mean on you know it's football you, you you see what you see you react to it and you make a play so remember right the chiefs were down 24 nothing they get that touchdown to was Damian Williams, 17-yarder, 
And then the Texans on their own 31, Bill O'Brien, then the head coach, decides we are going to go for it. We're going to go for it on a fake punt, fourth and four, sniffed out by Daniel Sorensen. And I always think about that play, and I understand that the Chiefs won this game eventually by 20 points. And so you think the comeback still happens anyway, but you never know what the momentum and swings of a game. This was such an important play. And I always wonder, had Sorensen not had the presence of mind, had he not seen the little cue that said, I need to watch right here for the direct snap, and stops the Texans, do the Chiefs win this football game? I I tend to think they would, but you just never know. Of course, Travis Kelsey has a touchdown to make it 24-14 after that, and the rest, as they say, Dusty, is history. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, um, it's the biggest play of the playoffs last year that I can remember. Um, I get it. Like you talk about other plays that are super iconic. And I'm sure if you did a poll question on this, um, on your lovely website at Arrowhead pride, um, I mean, you have the, you have the final say it is what it is. Uh, but, uh, you're right right about that. Like if you did a, if you did a poll question, I, I feel like it would lose because it doesn't have like the pizzazz and it doesn't have the significance of the moment of the other play that we're thinking about, which is the two, three jet chip Sorensen. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, But that to me, when that happened, that was one of those moments where I think the offense was still kind of in shock. I think everybody at the stadium was still in shock. And then hearing Nance call that, who by the way, we'll hear him again. Call a Chiefs game in the playoffs at 2.05 on uh, Sunday. He and Romo. Hello, friends. Um, That's the biggest play of the playoffs because that was one of those things where Bill O'Brien tried to get cheeky. He tried to be fun. He tried (laughs) to get, you know, this this nice little cute play. And then here's this unsung hero in Dan Sorensen who probably people over on the Houston sideline are going, who's this guy? Like, does does this guy play all the time? And he stopped it. And then all of a sudden, that's the type of play that gets the team that didn't get it starting to think, like, what are we doing? Like, why are we doing this? Like, we shouldn't have done that. That's just where I'm at with it. And that's where I remember, that is just a foundation breaker. I remember Andy Reid complimented Bill O'Brien on the decision. I mean, it was a ballsy decision to go for it in that situation. It just did not work out. And to me, what stands out when I think about this year is Sorensen and going into playoff game like that Sorensen's a a great player great role player for the Chiefs but you would have never picked him as the guy to make a play like that and I think we always have those in the postseason and it got me wondering about this year if I ask you Dusty who do you think is going to be the young sung hero of this game on Sunday who would you point to man I want to say Byron Pringle because that would just be sweet um can't say I don't want to say an offensive lineman. I would love Pringle. That'd be great. That would be awesome. That'd be Monday's lead. Uh, unsung hero of this game. I'm gonna go with Frank Clark. I think this is a game in which their offensive line is a little beat up. Right. I mean, I I mean the Chiefs have no room to talk. Right. Their offensive line's a little beat up. Frank Clark kind of gets really jacked up and juiced up when it comes to the playoffs. I know the the resume is short. Um, to think about that. But last year, Frank Clark was just a man possessed. And I think this is one of those games if Frank Clark comes out there and sacks Baker twice and can get a strip or get one of those, because he almost, he almost had one in that Atlanta Falcons game, which was the last time we saw Frank Clark play. 
Frank Clark is, to me, the guy I'll be watching Sunday. I'll be watching 5-5, and he could be the guy where it's like everyone sits back and goes, there's the shark. There's two and a half sacks. He got one with Chris Jones. He has two on... He had two solo, one by one with uh, with ninety five. So to me, it's gonna be Frank Clark. I love the playoffs too because it offers you a correction area where Clark probably didn't have necessarily the best year of his career. He, what are you talking about? He's a Pro Bowler. Probably, <laughs> of course. <laughs> he probably wished he played a little bit better, but I mean, you play well like he did those last games last year where he had the five sacks throughout the postseason including the Super Bowl, doesn't matter. Fans are going to remember that, and, and you hope that in Clark. When I think about Unsung Heroes for the Chiefs, and this one actually comes in from our Jay South and Toe Service text line, 913, please talk about their that ROL, the Chiefs OL, versus their defensive line. The offensive line is a good pick, I think, for an Unsung Hero, and I'll give that to the text line with Miles nice. Garrett. And, nice and, of you. Yeah, Miles Garrett is going to be a problem. That scares the hell out of me. The offensive line for the Chiefs is not a strong point right now, given the opt-outs, some of the injuries. You have younger players there. The interior feels like a little bit vulnerable. So the offensive line comes up huge and is able to manage Miles Garrett. I think there's going to be a huge point to this game. I asked Patrick Mahomes about this yesterday. He is putting an emphasis on getting the ball out of his hands. I think that's going to be big. My pick, Dusty, for the unsung hero is Legarius Sneed. I think anytime this team has needed someone to rise to the occasion this year, it's been Snead. When Bashad Breeland was suspended, he went on the outside. Came back. They said, we want you to be a nickel corner. He does a really nice job at nickel corner. And all of a sudden, Tyron Matthew becomes that ultimate chess piece for you again. He's kind of helping make the defense tick right now. And I think he makes a big play and interception on Sunday. We talked about this as our lead yesterday where it's uh, the Chiefs, you know, they have to have a fast start. I don't think they have to. They just can't have a slow start. They just can't have that game to me because what's the line from uh, Rounders and John Malkovich hanging around? Um, <laughs> you just you don't want a team like Cleveland to hang around because they're built on momentum right now. They're playing with house money. They're going to be a little bit more confident than they should be. And if you go out there and slap them in the face with a 10-0 deficit right away, game's over. And I truly do mean that. I'm not – trying to be a biased Homer, you know, Chiefs fan, because I'm not doing that at all. What I'm saying is if you go out there and you just do what you need to do and take them out of the game early, the longer you let them hang around, they're going to be in this game. And I think that the Chiefs are already talking about avoiding slow starts. Right. And you like that, I think, because I think especially with this team in, in Cleveland, the best thing about their football team is their championship backfield with Chubb and Hunt. That's the best part of their football team. I, I know that folks are worried about this defensive line. It's pretty good. But the only thing that's really elite is that backfield. So if they're able to get out to a lead, it's going to be more interesting than it was against the Houston Texans. So I think starting fast is key. Patrick Mahomes talked a lot about that yesterday in his press availability, and he made a point of it to make sure he continued working almost as if I think he was playing. I didn't necessarily say that, but it sounded like it. He was practicing and getting in reps like he was playing during the bye week, and I think that's so important because it all comes from the quarterback, and that mentality probably is now within the team. And I got to think that the Chiefs score first on Sunday because I think this year they realize how important that is. They don't want a repeat of the cardiac Chiefs that we all had to deal with last season. What if it's this year where instead of coming from behind and winning games, they just win games in the first quarter? 
Like I was telling you this during. You're talking about like a 17-ish lead. Right. Right. Like I'm just saying like what if it's just one of those points where, you know, in this, like there'd be nothing better than to see Chad Henney in the fourth quarter. That's just reaching there. But uh, (laughs) I'm just saying like. You want a Henney? You want a Henney playoff uh, appearance? Yeah, pour me a nice tall glass. I'm a huge Henney guy though. Like I went to the week 17 game just to watch Chad Henney. And when he threw that tug to Byron Pringle. I stood up, man, and I, I was ready. I liked Darwin Thompson in that game. I know there's not really a spot for him on this team, but maybe st- next year. I still remember when Darwin Thompson got that fumble recovery, and he just absolutely crapped his pants and was like, what do I do? <laughs> run! <laughs> go, go ahead, run. Run, Forrest. Oh, man, we could just set up for Fesco's show here in the next, uh, coming up here at 6 o'clock. The guys are Fesco in the morning. They've got a bunch of guests you're not going to want to miss. Plus, Cody and Gold have a player on their show uh, who had a celebration last year that shook the house. I'm Dusty Likens. <laughs> That's Pete Sweeney. This is the Run It Back Show on 610 Sports Radio. We'll be right back. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Unfortunately, this is our last segment of the day. I know. It goes by fast. It's like when you're really excited for something and it it happens really fun and then it's gone. Pete Sweeney, chief editor, Arrowhead Pride. Basically, everything Chiefs in Kansas City, (laughs) it's Pete Sweeney. I'm Dusty Likens. This is the Run It Back show, the Chiefs' only playoff focused show in Kansas City. You hear us every morning, 5 to 6 a.m. You can always check the podcast out later. My Twitter handle, at Dusty Likens. At PG Sween, you can check his out as well. He's got 28,000-plus followers, so everybody knows who he is. Um, been a fun day today, yeah. and it only keeps going with the guys from Fesco, Pete. No doubt about it. it. We're continuing to run it back all day on 610 Sports Radio. Continues with Fesco in the morning, starting in a few moments. They'll have Therese Paler, friend of Arrowhead Pride and 610, Yahoo Sports, 8.30 a.m. We talked about the Cleveland Radio play-by-play. Jim Donovan coming at you at 9.30. Big Fish, catch and release. Eric Fisher joining Cody and Gold at 10.30. The guys in the drive will have you covered with the Chiefs coordinators and what comes out of those press conferences, injury reports, so on and so forth. A huge day on 610 Sports Radio as we get ready for Chiefs Browns, 2.05 p.m. on Sunday, the first step of running it back. Well, we wouldn't have a show. Um if it weren't for the Chiefs to be in the playoffs. So that's one thing that we're thankful for. The other thing we're thankful for, I think, for me personally, is how well-polished the Chiefs can be as opposed to their opponents. I say this because everybody hit the ground running Monday, including us, and that's no pun intended with with Kareem Hunt. Uh, With his comments that we talked about earlier today about how he thinks it's personal, but it's obviously not personal, and Travis Kelsey obviously has his reasons. And it just shows you, I think where both teams are because you go back to what your father always told you when you played sports or when you won an award, treat it as if you've been there before. Um, immediately when the Browns win, Kareem Hunt goes to Instagram live and says, it's personal <laughs> for me. Right. And then in his post game interview, he says, you know, I'll chop it up with a few guys on the other side. I don't know a couple people over there, but you know, we ain't friends this week. And then here comes Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and it's, you know, well, basically last weekend we watched the game and, you know, we just took notes and we figured out it would be the Browns. We started studying the Browns. And then Travis Kelsey, who's from Cleveland, it is personal for Travis Kelsey. Doesn't use that word. Doesn't use that type of lingo. Just says, you know what? I grew up here. My family's going to be here. 
he's now a Kansas City, and that's where his life became. Uh, Travis Kelsey, it's where he grew up as a man. It's honest as I can be. And for someone who it should be personal for, they use the the term of, I'm just going to go out there and play football and do what I can do. And I think that's where you look at these two teams because I'm not going to take away credit from the Cleveland Browns. They're mm-hmm. a perennial playoff team moving forward. They're playing with house money on Sunday. They are a playoff team in the future. The AFC North has flipped. Um, as you'll see, Cleveland and Baltimore start to battle it out for first. And depending on what Joe Burrow can do with Cincinnati, we'll see where they end up being. But, Pete, I ask you this. It's what you like to see with a team that's trying to, A, run it back, B, who went 14-2 and as a season, and three, or C, this is what you want to see from your vets and your guys that lead this team. Well, it always starts with Andy Reid, and I've told you this before. I wish Andy Reid sometimes was more exciting, but I think it helps lead the Chiefs to this point. And Patrick Mahomes has only become an extension of the things that Andy Reid likes to say not making as big of a deal out of a game that's a playoff game. They they sound similarly to they to the way they would in like a week eight game right now. And I think that's something that's learned over time. I actually got a chance to watch Kevin Stefanski's press conference yesterday and very, very different head coaches, but it reminded me of Andy Reid a little bit. Very, very even keeled. I think trying to get his team to focus, okay, we need to continue treating this like a regular season game. Of course, it's going to be ramped up, but let's do the things that got us here. And I like the program that he's building in Cleveland. I think Baker Mayfield has bought into his system, I think, all of those things. But the Chiefs, to me, still are coming off like a team that's going to be better prepared, that is ready to, we've said it all show, run it back because I just didn't like the mentality of they're not taking anything for granted. They're not assuming because – we're the big bad chief. We have one loss in the last 400 days. We're going to walk into our home stadium and win. They're doing the things that they need to do to be ready for an up and coming Browns team. The chiefs are just playing and talking like they've been there before. And I get it. The Browns are going to have a lot of fun uh, with this game. They're going to come out firing on cylinders. And that's just, that's just what they're going to do because they're in that situation. But you know, today's Thursday. Another round of practice, anything you're looking forward to today when it comes to who was there yesterday? Obviously, Sammy Watkins, Willie Gay, Rashad Fitton did not practice yesterday, and Clyde and Yelder were limited yesterday. Anything in particular you're looking for, Mr. Sweeney? I think the key time for today is around 4.30-ish when we find out what the deal is with Watkins. I think if he's going to play in this game, remember he was the leading receiver in the Chiefs playoffs last year. He's got to put in at least a limited practice either today, tomorrow. You got to see him on the field. He's not going to play in this game without any practice. And again, we'll, we'll see what some of the coordinators say. We'll have Eric Bieniemy at the podium, of course. Uh, I believe it's Steve Spagnuolo and then Tyron Matthew, who I, I believe will have some nice things to say as well. I think when it comes to the, today's practice, I think what I want to see is I just want to I want to hear more so what this team is is focused on when it comes to because what is it coordinators that speak today is it spags is that who it is today it's your boy spags and tobe and Bienemy and then matthew i like spags i don't know what they're gonna ask eric Bienemy because that guy is just in a and just a huge scuffle when it comes to what his future could be but pete um it's thursday man we got one more day till red friday the biggest red friday of the year until well if they get a go next week um, if, if, if last week was super wild card weekend, this is super red Friday. If you know what I mean? It has to be, man. Right. You got to have your socks. You got to have your shirt, your scarf, your jacket, your hat, your fanny pack, whatever it would be. But, uh, all you need next 
is your radio to be on 610 Sports Radio. You got uh, you got Mr. Donovan, not Mark Donovan, but the Cleveland Browns play-by-play Donovan, <laughs> his cousin or long brother. I don't know what it is, but it's the guys from Fesco in the morning. They've also got our friend, Therese Paler, at 830. And then don't forget Eric Fisher with the guys from Cody and Gold uh, at 1030. Maybe he'll have a new celebration. Last year he chugged beer and it was great and he got a sponsorship out of it. And do you remember Budweiser bought those guys beers? If you don't remember that, I'm Dusty Likens. That's Pete Sweeney. This is the Run It Back Playoff Edition show on 610 Sports Radio. Keep your radio on 610 Sports Radio because it's the guys from Fesco, Wachowski, Kling, of course, Bob Fesco. All next here on 610 Sports Radio. Be easy. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.